0: Welcome to the Battleground, Wisconsin. My name is Matt Ruskin and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action, and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We have our full panel, which means Rebecca Lynch is back. Rebecca's from the Wisconsin Working Families Party. Rebecca, good to have you back.
1: Good to be here, Matt.
0: And Robert Craig is with us. Robert, Executive Director here at Citizen Action. Robert? Good day, everyone. So we're going to start the podcast by talking about a new project that Citizen Action is launching with our National Network People's Action this week. Um, But before we do that, I just want to preview a couple other topics. We definitely will talk about uh, the DNR, well, let's just be clear, Walker's DNR uh, approving a couple of Foxconn deals related to our air and water this week. We're going to talk about Senator Baldwin and and the attack that she is under uh, by conservatives and Republicans. But with that, before we get into these topics, we're going to spend some time talking about a new project. That Citizen Action is launching uh, with our national network, People's Action. And our executive director, Robert Craig, who's sitting across from me, uh, was this week in, of all places, Robert, to launch a rural program, Washington, Mm -hmm. (laughs) D.C., but uh, to try and make sure that the public and other uh, foundations and lots of people are aware of what we're trying to do. Tell our listeners real briefly what this project is. Um, and then after we give a, a, a little bit of an overview, we'll be joined by one of our organizers uh, from Wausau, who uh, is going to help be leading the project in one of our regions. So Robert, before we welcome Joel, tell us a little bit more about w- what the, the vision of this project is.
2: Yes. And so Citizen Action of Wisconsin, the group here in Wisconsin that's statewide is part of a larger network in 32 states called People's Action. Uh, which has over 50 affiliates. And what we've all been talking about is, because there's always been hand-wringing since the 2016 election and before that among people in the political know about, why are we losing rural and small-town America? And of course, there's a great deal of concern about right-wing coded racism, etc. And the the of course the concern has been and the and the uh, uh, kind of disillusionment among progressives that right-wing policies are horrible for these areas, right? There you, you don't have some sort of great rise in rural prosperity under Scott Walker, quite the uh, contrary, you have a further expropriation of resources. And so this has been a problem way before the Trump election, but that was certainly a warning call for people. And so what we're launching is, and you know, Van Jones said this right after the election if you don't actually talk to people and organize people and aren't in relationship with people, then of course you're not going to be able to work with them and get their votes. And of course we know that rural America and rural Wisconsin is very diverse and doesn't fit in any stereotype of like a, the Trump voter or anything like that whatsoever, uh, both diverse in terms of ethnicity, in terms of gender, in terms of age, in terms of occupation, and that it, it it's at the heart of American life, the heartland is. And so this is... Uh, seems deceptively simple this is, is, that people's action with our leading affiliates in a number of targeted state, Wisconsin's at the top of the target list, are going to work intensively to organize in rural America and small town in small towns. And to, and, to, and to talk to people, hear what they're saying, not come and tell them what we think, but to hear what they're thinking about their communities and what they would like to see. And then the ultimate goal here is to break down the urban-rural divide. Remember Walker's mantra is divide and conquer. Remember he said that about right to work to the billionaire uh, Diane Hendricks and got caught on tape doing it, and so the division The artificial division between all of the medium-sized cities and small towns in wisconsin and our urban areas is damaging all of us and taking away the american dream from everyone taking health care away from everyone and so what we're really looking to do here is to be, build a deeper alliance through deeper organizing uh, across Wisconsin with people who live in rural areas and small towns, medium-sized cities, and then build a community of interest between them and the and the urban areas and the the whole rest of our state, so that we can take control of our own destinies again. And so. It's going to be a huge investment. There'll be resources, but it is a different kind of strategy. We're not going to fall into the right wing divide and conquer anymore. We're going to uh, reunify Wisconsin in order to, in, for to create a progressive future.
0: Robert, real quick before I get um, before we're joined by Joel Lewis, um, one of the critiques, sort of the analysis that you know we lost the rural election because of the economic message is that well, yeah, but the reason we really lost it is Trump played talked about race openly and did that division and race is a huge issue and we have a lot of people who still have very racist attitudes and so talk about how this project is going to deal with that directly uh, or if it is and okay right and and why that's so important in terms of doing that and not trying to duck that issue.
2: Uh, this will be multiracial organizing. We were out there for four days, and it was an extremely diverse group of organizers and, and grassroots leaders. Uh, a lot of African-Americans, a lot of Latinos, um, Asian-Americans, we know there's a there there Hmong live throughout uh, medium-sized cities and rural areas in Wisconsin, just for example. Latinos certainly do. And there are African-Americans everywhere, though in smaller numbers than in, in Southern states than in rural Wisconsin. And so we need, one of the ways we need to break down this divide and conquer mentality, where, pe- where we have a kind of a racialized appeal that, effect, that, that works in election, is for people to know each other and work each other, with each other and see a common interest. So this will be a multiracial approach because rural areas are extremely diverse. But it's not gonna come from people like me, who live in Milwaukee, telling folks in rural areas how to do it. It's working with them, hearing their views, and understanding, quite frankly, that place matters in America, and there is a rural consciousness, and people desperately want to stay in these areas. They're they're wonderful to live in, uh, but they have to put together four jobs to do it. And so we need to be in conversation with them and hearing them, but then coming together. The problem we have is is that there was not there was no alternative to Trump that made sense to folks. In other words. Uh, for whatever reason, the economic policies, as cr- in current language, as developing democratic party, don't convince people in rural areas that there's a real, there's something real that's actually going to change their lives and grow prosperity in their communities. And so, but to be credible, this has to be led by people who actually live in these communities.
0: So we're very happy now to to welcome in our organizer from our North Central Wisconsin Organizing Cooperative. That's Joel Lewis, and Joel was also with Robert out. Out east uh, this week, uh, launching this, and we'll be centrally involved in leading the organizing effort in the Wasa area. Joel, thanks for joining us.
3: Yeah, thank you, Madam. Excited to be here.
0: So, Joel, um, tell us, tell our listeners first a little bit about yourself and 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 your co-op, and then why you think this project's so important for your area of Wisconsin.
3: Sure. So, uh, first of all, about a little over a year ago, we uh, formed the North Central Organizing Cooperative. It's approximately 200 uh, members that pay dues to fund an organizer in this region. And the reason it's so important is because it's hard to find uh, investors who will invest long-term, I should say funders that will invest long-term in in rural areas uh, for one reason or another. And so this co-op gave us the ability to create something that can be here that's sustainable uh, to organize around issues that matter to folks in north-central Wisconsin.
0: So tell us then... Obviously, this this is a project where there could be some resources and collaboration. Why it's such an important thing for a place like Wausau in your region of the state?
3: Well, I think when you look at, at, you know, just the way folks have voted. You know, so in 2008, 2012, uh, a lot of folks up here voted for Obama. And then in the most recent uh, presidential election, they voted for Trump. And I think that it's pretty clear that it's because they don't feel that anyone is listening to them. Uh, that their issues are being lift up, lifted up. And I think that's what's really important about our meeting in D.C., that we're going to be increasing our rural organizing and that we, and that we have a partner that has agreed to help us. And so we're really excited to be able to listen to the issues that matter to folks here and, and try to lift those up so that our elected officials listen.
0: Joel, if someone's listening and they're in your area of Wisconsin and they want to get involved, tell, tell us a little bit about what you think, what, what's going to be happening right away to launch this and how folks can get involved in that, in that project.
3: So uh, immediately uh, we'll be uh, setting a date here to go up into Ladysmith, uh, which is in Russ County. And actually I was joined uh, by one of our co-op members from there. Her name is Chris Ostenso. She also serves on the Ladysmith school board and is a small business owner there. She was out east with me and she came back just extremely excited uh, because they had a really positive experience when they were out in the spring elections and folks really wanted to talk and really wanted to be heard. And so we're going to take, uh, you know, basically a rural survey and we're going to have our members and allies in, in at least 10 counties in north central Wisconsin that are going to be going out and getting these surveys and really having deep conversations with people. And rather than going in with an agenda to tell, you know, for us to tell them something, we're going there to hear them tell us what, what matters and what, what's going on in their communities.
0: So, Joel, if, if I was uh, listening, how, how would I contact you if I wanted to get involved in this project?
3: You know, you can either call me directly uh, at 715 uh, 551 or you can uh, email me at joel.lewis at citizenactionwi.org. And also, uh, we do have leaders in, in several of the counties and uh, so you wouldn't always have to work directly with me if I'm not in the area. We have people that are, uh, that are also going to be trained on, on, on rural canvassing and deep canvassing, uh, and as well as collecting that data.
0: Well, this all sounds very exciting, Joel. we got to quick take a break. If you can hang with us on the back end, we'll talk a little bit more about this project and how folks can get involved. Again, you are listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. You're... We are, excuse me, we are Citizen Action Wisconsin. And you can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Before the break, we are talking about a project that Citizen Action and our national network, People's Action, have just launched. And it is a program to really focus on rural areas and permanent long term organizing and how we can start to change how some of the rural areas relate to uh, the broader progressive movement and build organization. And we're joined by Joel Lewis who is our, the organizing director for the Citizen Action North Central Organizing Co-op, who's going to be centrally involved in this project. And Joel, before we, we left, you were, you were talking about a survey that you're going to be doing. Tell us more about it, about the survey, what we hope, what, what we hope to get out of it, and how folks, if they re- really want to get involved in doing this, what's the best way?
3: Yep, we have uh, a, r- a rural survey that basically asks, you know, a lot of key questions, whether it's uh, regarding uh, the working situation in their community or environmental situations. Uh, Like, for instance, we've opened up metallic mining here as a state, and so many, uh, you know, communities are are maybe going to be concerned about mines coming into their community. Uh, There's a lot of issues related to farmers that are are discussed in this rural survey as far as questions that are asked. Uh, And it's really kind of an open-ended survey, too. I mean, it's really what folks want to tell us. Uh, but we just, you know, some of these questions are based on what we know, you know, from the data that's out there already. And I think the best way for folks to get involved with this is I can either uh, come to your area and give a training on the survey uh, and also how to, how to collect that data. Uh, and I, like I said before the break, uh, we have people in those areas that you can work with directly that are co-op members and or uh, leaders, uh, you know, because they serve on our steering committee. And so I'm going to be doing these trainings here between now and July uh, and, and trying to get as many canvases as we can. Uh, before we lead into the uh, August
1: primary.
2: And, Joel, I assume they could join the Citizen Action North Central uh, Wisconsin Organizing Co-op as well, especially if they're interested in kind of breaking out of traditional political strategies and building the real base of people uh, of, of all walks of life and in every part of Wisconsin we need to, uh, to take back the state uh, and to, to really have a, a new era of progressive reform.
3: I mean, the more people that are willing to join the co-op and support this work, uh, the more work we can do, uh, and I think that that's really key. Uh, and there are so many areas that, that I think are feeling underrepresented or even left out uh, by our state our state government and also the national government. So the more involved you get, uh, the better this will be.
1: Joel, this is Rebecca with the Wisconsin Working Families Party. You said, like, a number of times in the last segment and now in this segment that folks feel unheard unrepresented, um, and that, you know, the effort, um, the organizing effort that you guys are launching and, you know, have already launched really since the beginning of the co-op is trying to uplift people's issues. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the things and some of the struggles that people are experiencing in Wausau and your part of the state that people feel aren't being heard, whether it's by politicians in Madison or D.C. or the media or whoever it is
3: really excited to answer this question. Thank you for asking it. One of the biggest things I think that folks are concerned about up here is that our young people tend to go to college and then leave, uh, the majority of them. Uh, and so I think a lot of folks feel like their communities are kind of dying. Uh, the, the further north you get, the more that seems to be the case. And, and that, that has to do with a lack of good jobs, I think, in the area and also uh, good benefits uh, and, and so all of those types of things. Um and, and in addition to that we also have a lot of issues related to family farms and it's kind of similar. Again, a lot of the younger people decide, well, it's not worth it for me to continue my family farm, so I'm gonna go to college and go do this other thing. Um and so those are two of the main issues that really pop up for me, you know, when I'm out on the doors and talking to people.
1: Got it. Yeah, I think one of the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast and I think in our work is that there are a lot of uh issues in addition to that that are highly prevalent in rural communities and also highly prevalent in urban communities and you know, to what Robert said in the last segment that Governor Walker is constantly trying to divide and conquer our state. Um, it just like over and over and over again, every time we talk about an issue on this podcast, you could say the same for both communities. And I think we see it you know, with education where I'm, I'm sure in your part of the state, it's hard for folks to retain teachers and just as kids are going to college and leaving, teachers are leaving to go get better teaching jobs elsewhere. You know, whether it's CAFOs and, you know, here in this part of the state, we have lead water, we have what's happening with Foxconn. Um, I say this part because I'm sitting in Milwaukee at the moment, or what you were talking about with jobs and underemployment. And I think that's something that, like, isn't portrayed as often, at least in, in my view in the media. We see it a lot when talking about urban communities not always in a good way but we see that narrative present but you know from the founding of this country truly you know rural areas have been pretty neglected uh i think and so i wonder if that's like something that you think um folks are are, do they see the commonality with the urban areas or do they really feel um, when you knock on someone's door that there's a real division between what's happening in wausau and what's happening in madison or milwaukee
3: Oh, definitely. Um, and, in fact, when you knock the door and you're from the area, they tend to be more receptive than if it's someone that's from one of these bigger cities. I mean, the urban-rural divide is uh, a very r- real thing. And I think you are, you hit the nail on the head to say that Governor Walker and others really seize upon that by trying to really divide us even further. You know, really, it's the same policies and the same people that are causing problems for both places. Uh, and so I believe that will come out through a lot of these surveys. Um, I mean, people on both sides complain, often with tears in their eyes, about their kids leaving and not being able to see their grandkids. So I mean, that issue alone is big, and and finding out what people think we can do to try to fix that, I think, is is really the key to resolving some of these problems. But I'm really glad that you pointed out that the problems are somewhat similar uh, in some of the cases between both urban and rural areas.
2: Yeah, Joel, and they both require an application of, you know, the full energy of our democracy, that is to say, if you leave it, if you leave the economy to multinational corporations, if you, to Foxconn, for example, and what it demands, then you're you're fritting away our resources. We had, in terms of Foxconn, four billion dollars that could have been spent on prosperity in rural and urban areas, right? That could have we could have had a huge investment in a clean energy transition we need to make and to make Wisconsin a biofuels capital of the world uh, and wind and solar in rural rural areas and make it possible for people to stay on the land they love and have their kids and their grandkids stay up there uh, in the the land they love as well because there's opportunity there. And the same goes with having a real urban strategy. And so really this divide and conquer has to do with uh, taking power away from average people in small towns and rural areas and cities, everyone. And the only way to challenge it is for us to come together. And that's why we need to listen to people and organize. And that's what all this is about. It's a very simple idea, Joel. It's the idea that you can't really build a relationship with people and work with them unless you talk to them and listen to them.
3: I think you hit on something here, Robert. There's more of us that are losing under this system than, than are winning. And if we stand together, there's nothing that we can't accomplish. There are way more of us. Uh, that are hurting in this system, and if we stand together, we have the power to change it. Uh, and uh, so, I'm also hoping that this rural survey will hope uh, to inspire hope and uh, and faith in people, and we can really get out there and, and make some changes. Um, and and so, that's another reason I really hope people will consider joining the North Central Organizing Cooperative and helping us do these surveys and helping uh, put together uh, meetings in their communities because we really want to make sure that this is done. A-
0: Joel, right before we go, uh, could you please give out your contact info one more time for folks who didn't catch it the first time?
3: Absolutely. So my name is Joel Lewis, and the, the number to call me at is 715-551-2525, or send me an email at joel.lewis at citizenactionwi.org, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you.
0: Joel, we appreciate that, uh, one, that you came and joined us today to tell us more about uh, the organizing project, but also for, for the work you do every day, helping organize uh, folks up in uh, north-central Wisconsin.
3: Thank you so much, Matt and uh, Rebecca and Robert.
0: All right, we'll see you later, Joel. You know, it's interesting just listening to the story. I occasionally will talk a little bit about my other life, which is uh, with my son racing uh, dirt bikes um, around Wisconsin and you know it is interesting that community is a fascinating mix of a lot of rural people but also city folks and I see what we just talked about play out all the time in fact there was just a Facebook post the other week from a rural guy who voted for Obama in 2008 and is now a reactionary right winger probably always was but at some time saw some hope and actually pulled the lever told me he did that Uh, I was just in Milwaukee, what a hellhole, hate it, glad to be back in my home. Then a post underneath that, a woman, yeah, I feel the same way, I like it here, but my kids live in Milwaukee and love it, it's the only place they could find work, right? There you have it in a nutshell, right? So some of the problem, right? And we have this, sh- this, uh, sh- but we're shared and we have to be together in this. But anyways, this is, it's an interesting story. You see it sort of playing out, but uh, we're very excited about this project. And again, so if you're interested, please reach out to Joel, uh, Joel Lewis. Oh, oh just,
1: what, just one quick thing. Yep. Um, you know, last week, uh, loyal podcast listeners will remember that I spoke at a high school and, you know, the instructions I was given was like, talk like a little bit about yourself, and then ask them if they have any questions and if they're shy which they might be shy then ask them some questions and so i asked this is this is in milwaukee it's in the city it's a public high school i asked the room full of kids you know raise your hand if you know for college or sometime after college or like over the course of your life you want to leave milwaukee and 100% of the students raise their hands. So it's so interesting to hear Joel talk about his experience on the doors, talking to the parents of the kids in rural areas. So just wanted to say that. Well,
0: with that, we got to wrap this uh, segment up. Again, you're listening to Battleground Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. We are. Need to talk a little bit about Foxconn again.
1: What? Us? Us? Foxconn?
0: Foxconn? Yeah, yeah, why not? You know, we got We got to do a solid to Jonathan Brostoff and make sure we talk about this every week. Uh, we should. It is, as we've talked about many times, a defining issue. Um, but this week, uh, there were two big pieces of news that came out of Walker's DNR, and I think we've talked in the past about the captive hostages there over at the DNR who work there. Are, uh, any of you listening, we, we send our <laughs> deep felts. Uh, every day must be very tough. But nonetheless, the DNR essentially rubber-stamped this week two fundamental things. One is the water diversion for the city of Racine to pump, I believe it's well over 7 million gallons of water out of Lake Michigan, of which well over 2 million of it will not be returned. Um, and also... Foxconn got the right to essentially, uh, it got its permits for its air, which is essentially its permits to pollute. It will become one of the largest pollutants or polluters in southeastern Wisconsin that produces smog. And everyone knows we have a smog problem in southeastern Wisconsin. The only, uh, I think there's three facilities that produce more smog and they are coal-fired power plants. So just to give you an idea of our new neighbor and sort of um, how what they're going to be pumping into our uh, air but the main point here right this is a rigged system these Foxconn deal was a rigged deal and this whole process with the DNR was rigged obviously shout out to folks who are challenging this stuff in court and I think there will this may not be the last we hear of it particularly the water diversion because we have a Great Lakes compact and uh, there are some folks who feel very strongly a lot of folks over at Clean Wisconsin and other places that this is uh, violating that compact.
2: So the big concern is, of course, that there is no balance here whatsoever. That was a foregone conclusion these would be rubber stamped. And no one will be surprised if it's way worse than anything uh, any government official uh, or elected official or, uh, is saying, because there was no chance that the DNR would make it would not do exactly what Foxconn wanted under Governor Walker for his reelection it also was of course not talked about during the passage of this i sat through the whatever it was 11 12 hours of testimony and all of the oh no 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 this isn't some big dirty industrial plant this is high tech you don't need to worry then it turns out they weren't just going to be next to great lake michigan because they liked the view right <laughs> that they wanted the water the view of the per- <laughs> <Yes>. uh. <laughs> yes. and then and then of course that that there would be a whole ton of air pollution, and the problem is, is that the way a uh, kind of cynical politician like Scott Walker sees it, uh, if there are cancers in twenty years, he'll be he'll be off being whatever he thinks he's going to be president. So he'll have he'll have done his job, and it's even worse if you take a step back and let's let's not even fit into the Foxconn or nothing frame. You know, we could have been using this money to expand education. Uh, to uh, uh, and to invest in, in in a clean energy transition across the state that actually did something positive in the environment and employed people all over the state and employed three, four, five times more people, uh, even if you believe the rosy estimates of Walker and his uh, alleged job creation agency, WEDEC. Uh,
0: and listeners, in case you miss it, that's the vision. Uh, Rebecca?
1: Um, can I talk about the of politics co- of this? Of course, this? yes. <laughs> that's... It's so, all
0: politics, ain't it?
1: it? So from the beginning, so I think, I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I was in the depths of despair when Foxconn was first passed, because I was like, that's it, it's over. Like, this, we know how terrible this is from a investment in the public goods standpoint, but, you know, in terms of the electorate and voters, this is a winning issue. And I have been proven wrong, like, slowly but surely ever since. And so first it was wildly popular, uh, unpopular throughout the state, outside of southeast Wisconsin. Um, But now we see it permeating southeast Wisconsin. I think this will do quite a lot um, to make it even more unpopular in the area. And I think a lot about what that means for the governor's race, but also because, you know, with the Working Families Party, we recruited Randy Bryce and endorsed him, and now Paul Ryan has announced that he's not running for re-election. What that means not only for that general election, but for that primary. And there are um, persistent nagging rumors that uh, state legislator Peter Barca, who shepherded through Foxconn as, as a Democrat... Um, And then lost his leadership position as a minority leader in Madison because of it might be running in the Democratic primary for this congressional seat. And I just wonder what his experience will be if it were, you know, 10 months ago or, or six months ago, I guess. Uh, maybe running on Foxconn in, in Wisconsin's 1st District would be a good thing. But now it is, as I said, increasingly unpopular in Racine, in Kenosha, by the interstate, west of the interstate. I think people are very concerned about the impact. They're angry about the investment that's being given to this one project and not to their communities, and I think it's going to be a big we'll, issue.
2: We'll see, though. A lot of the local elected officials, based on the press clips, haven't gotten the memo yet. Rebecca, uh, you, you got <laughs> you
0: moved right into my next topic. Wanting to talk about the coverage of this, these these two stories, particularly the Racine Journal Times coverage, which was lap dog-ian. Just it was like one supporter after another,
2: and then there were some critics. The guy's actually a good reporter. I, I like I understand. him, but this I, I, is the I do think it has to do with the, all the all the, all the, the establishment. Well, they're in all there, right? All who there are, you who, yeah. you, who yeah, are you gonna yeah. go? Who are you
0: gonna go? Who you gonna if you quote? If your whole thing is to quote the leaders, the establishment, the economic leaders, of course you're going to just get the choir here, right? But, like, it completely avoids the whole reality that this thing clearly is in violation of the Great Lakes Compact. Now, that may not stop it, Right, like the, the, compact, of the lake, Great Lakes compact understand.
2: is such that <laughs> I, I, all of the stupid <laughs> states and provinces all have to agree. I so understand. It's sort of like some progressive meetings I know about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I think the the reporter's a good reporter, but I, I do think the journal the, the coverage in the Racine Journal Times has changed um markedly um since ownership has changed and people who live in Racine will tell you that. Um, that said, I think there are, yes, the no. establishment is united, and I'll let you guys name names. I won't do it, but um, there are certainly people in Racine who I'm sure were there and testifying who could have been quoted. Tom Ratowski, yeah. who is the head of the Sierra Club, a Racine resident, very active. Um, I'm sure that he would have something to say about this. Any
0: number of releases that were put out that day in opposition could have been quoted that were in other media sources. So we'll have a link to the Journal-Times article, and we're not here to just bag on them or anything. Part of this is structural, but
2: nonetheless. They are faithfully expressing (laughs) the incredible leadership groupthink on this, and we'll see in 10 years how many of these same folks are running away. I was against it all along. I said I warned you know, and I wasn't listened to.
0: Yeah. Well. Anyways. So again, yeah. If you want, you can you can take a look at the at, at that link around uh, our situation here with with Foxconn.
1: Sometimes I wish that listeners could see the giant grin on Robert's face when he makes a joke on the podcast.
0: <laughs> by, by the way, yeah. By the way, I'm asking our producer to cut that little Barca segment so we can send it to him as Rebecca's resume for his campaign manager.
2: Yeah, and I guess Rebecca will have not be opinions. working with Representative Barca, but I just say this because uh, uh, Peter has done, I mean, a lot of good things as well in his career. I just want to say that he really... It's hard for me to get uh, to get around the idea that if you're not willing to take on Paul Ryan himself, when you decide you're <laughs> going to get in, once you don't have to go against Paul Ryan, and you have two other candidates who were willing to take on Paul Ryan directly, and if both of them have raised running, a lot of money r- and, and a lot of money. run real yeah. aggressive
0: campaigns,
2: yeah, it's just like, I mean yeah you have a you've had a long career. you've done a lot, but the world doesn't need your leadership that much that you need <laughs> to go and try to displace these two other candidates that were willing to take Paul ryan on directly
1: what what I will say, and you know, put Foxconn to the side, I know that's technically what we're talking about right now. Um and I vehemently dis- uh, disagree with his position and I think what he made possible, um you know, with the Foxconn project. But that aside, I actually think that it will be, vi- we can win this seat. It is suddenly the most competitive congressional seat to flip in Wisconsin. We can win it, but we can't win it without Peter Barca. You know, he is someone who, as Robert said, is a distinguished career, is very well respected in Kenosha. You know, I certainly hope that he's gonna be part of the effort to win back this seat. Um, I just already not have my the, horse. But no. not,
2: not as the candidate, though. As a, <laughs> I'm you, very biased. <laughs> as, a, a, as the statesman helping the candidate so win. So yeah.
0: I always like, and I know we have to wrap this up, but I always like to have the analogies to the sports radio hot takes, <laughs> where, where the hot take always includes like Stephen Smith screaming something declaratively, and then at the end, or somewhere in there saying... And I but I love that guy and he, you know, <laughs> I could be wrong, but then back to declarative, right? So I appreciate that part.
1: Love that guy. Yeah,
0: love that guy. <laughs> Anyways, uh it's all with about that, love. it's all it's all love here on the podcast. We got a <laughs> roll. It is time for a commercial break. Uh, and you're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We are citizen action Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action, and we are going to talk about Senator Tammy Baldwin now. Um, there's There have been a number of articles <laughs> released this week uh, talking about the onslaught of money that has come into the state in opposition to Senator Baldwin from... A lot of these big money special Matt, interests... It's,
2: it's speech, right? It's that's <laughs> what they were talking about. That's what the founding fathers are talking about. Is.
0: Lots of speech has been rolling into the state. Yes. <laughs> from <Yeah>. out states. <laughs> from billionaire speech. Lots of speech. <laughs> um, look, Baldwin has... There's been twice the amount of money spent in opposition to Baldwin already, and this is money that's been able to be tracked, uh, than any other sitting senator. So just to give you a sense of just how much they're gunning for her. And this has been going on since last year. Anybody who <laughs> listens to you know TV, radio in the morning or in the evening is getting inundated with these messages, both attacking Senator Baldwin, but also propping up Kevin Nicholson. Rebecca, I know you've got some definite thoughts on this.
1: Um, I, I do, I mean, I, you know, I think we could probably talk a little bit more about how racialized these attacks have been. Yep. Um, we will we will let's let's put that to the side for a second uh we have a lot of issues in this state and in this country and i have a google alert for tammy baldwin and every day it's like 10 clips i mean the amount of work that this senator produces is really extraordinary and she is trying to tackle the opioid crisis what's happening to you know our paper mills uh you know we're trying to figure out who should be running the va right multi-billion dollar agency that helps our veterans every day she's working on these huge crucial issues and what we have are these like really nasty right-wing attacks that are incredibly well-funded um to get rid of senator baldwin and the the question is why are they trying to do that well one obviously this is like a very competitive seat one of the most competitive in the country and they want to win it um but two you know she is a steadfast supporter of doing um the people's work in D.C. and not doing the work of, you know, K Street lobbyists who are trying to, you know, make a quick buff off of the people and off of the folks of Wisconsin. So it's very cynical. I just think that, the more they spend, um, obviously, we, we have a lot of work to do. We've got to knock on doors. You know, I'm going to donate to Tammy. I'm sure a bunch of listeners have donated to Tammy. Um, we really got to put in the work, and we shouldn't take anything for granted. But I think they must be incredibly worried, because she is very well respected throughout the state. Uh, it, it's not just that it's a wave year. She's been doing the work she needs to do.
0: Well, One of the big things that they've been attacking her on is, is, is the Affordable Care Act, right? And Senator Baldwin, from the minute she arrived in D.C., has been a leader on trying to move us away from a corporatized healthcare system to something that makes sure we cover everybody, and originally was the original leader of one of the single-payer bills, right? Medicare and so, for all, yes. Yep. And so we're talking about someone who's a leader on the pre- most pressing issue that we're dealing with right now. And and so it's not a surprise that these big-moneyed interests, right, would want to spend money on her, uh it, for a number of reasons, but healthcare is also an issue that is the way, in her pathway to victory, right, because she is such a leader on this. Robert?
2: Well, look, I mean, the idea that we have a fully democratic society when a handful of billionaires have this much voice and who is a U.S. senator, right, is outrageous. Speech. And we're going to define it as speech uh, with with hack right-wing judges that will find that that will twist the constitution every which way to come to the same conclusion that what the modern right wing wants is somehow what the founding fathers wanted.
0: Uh, yes, it'll be a loss to not have Michael Gableman anymore. Well,
2: well look, he uh, wasn't even good at it. I <laughs> mean, if, if, if Antonin Scalia was brilliant, it was at the log- logical contortions to get to the conclusion we all knew he would reach. So, here's the thing right, there's actually they've spent 10 million on Tammy Baldwin, she is the top target, everyone, she is the top target of Republicans. But Republicans in the era of Trump are divided. And of course the divisions that matter are among the billionaires, not the average people, right? So you have one billionaire, Richard E. Line, who's part of the Trump network. So I mean not the Trump network, the um, Koch brothers network. Remember the Koch brothers organize a lot of other billionaire money, so we shouldn't just talk about the Kochs of the Bradley Foundation. So Richard E. Line is behind Kevin Nicholson. And because he doesn't think Leah Vukmir is far right enough. And Which so, is shocking, yes, and right? it, it, it's like hard to know. And the former chair of ALEC is a leftist, according to this, to Dickie Line. But then Diane Hendricks, the billionaire I referenced earlier in the show about who, who was the person that Walker literally uttered the divide and conquer remark to, is behind Vukmir. And so, yes, they've spent 10 million against Tammy Baldwin, but they're also firing at each other, and they have an August primary. And so, we'll see how that weird kind of like Darth Vader versus Darth <laughs> Vader. Uh, <laughs> Uh, contest comes out, but when it does, then we then we think that uh that that our own Princess Leia, uh, Tammy Baldwin can be successful if we keep the blue wave going and we volunteer and we donate and we create and we keep the, the blue wave going. That's already c- crossing the state, but we're gonna have to beat billionaires who have a giant megaphones. We gotta put our little teeny megaphones all together in order to beat them.
0: Who says we don't come prepared to this show? Listen to that. A whole Star Wars was uh, reference say, there. Brilliant. No one, brilliant. <laughs> no <laughs> one
1: <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> accuse us of not being nerds. So. <laughs> Thanks, Robert.
3: <laughs>
0: I guess I
2: should have said Darth Maul, uh, not Darth uh, Vader. Well, may anyway. the force
0: be with you <laughs> and our merry band of progressives. Yeah, no. Look. I do have
2: nephews, so I learn these things.
0: <laughs> so look, the only way right? we're going to beat this, we know there's a wave right? We've talked about this, but it's, that is just simply not enough, especially in an election year and when you're going up against these kind of resources. We have to get out and support Tammy and others, right? Uh, we have talked on this podcast that we have, we have over a dozen members running for state legislature, many of them uh, throughout the state in regions where we have co-ops, but also here in Milwaukee. Everywhere we do work, We're going to be helping support members try to win these legislative seats uh build organization in these areas even many of these republican areas we are going to be helping senator baldwin everywhere we are because you know she's absolutely central to what we're trying to do nationally and how that connects statewide but that requires you so we need you to sign up to volunteer we need you to get involved get involved join our organization again we'll have links to that uh here on our website but before we leave we do we need to talk a little bit more about what's been going on with these baldwin ads particularly the racial implication rebecca let's talk about these 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 radio ads that have been running on african-american radio here in milwaukee they're they're quite despicable and it it just shows the cynicism right like these what, what they're running here
1: yeah i don't i don't particularly personally want to read this aloud, yeah. but if somebody else wants to, we can. Otherwise, sure. it's in the article. Um, but there are anti-choice ads um, that are playing on, um, you know, what some might call black radio here in Milwaukee. Basically, they, are, they go about a common trope that you hear of the anti-choice community um, for audiences of color that essentially says that somehow, you know, abortion as a medical procedure in this country is some kind of conspiracy against black communities and um, will somehow deprive those communities of great future leaders. Future leaders, yeah. Um, and so, so this is like one of the more disgusting ads that I've heard, and it you know, continues that really offensive trope um, and, then, and then says, you know, Tammy Baldwin is a big reason why yeah. like babies are being aborted in the black community. It's just like really, really outrageous. It's disgusting. Um, yeah.
2: I will read it. Did you know that one of three babies aborted in America are black? Um, And then it goes on. That could have been the next Frederick Douglass, or Rosa Parks, or Martin Luther King, Just they're aborting. So here's the despicable part. First of all, we could end abortion altogether with adequate investment in family planning and prevention, which is what Planned Parenthood, who is beloved, rightly so, is all about. And these guys are against that. and It's mostly guys, right? And second, we have to deny a constitutional right to people. They're not interested in the African-American community. Richard E. Line doesn't give a darn about African-American kids being born in poverty. And if he did, he could take the $10 million and do something good with it. So it, it, this is, we talked about divide and conquer uh, uh, before. We talked about the use of dog whistle, racialized appeal. This isn't even a dog whistle.
1: It kind of reminds me a little bit of the attack ad that we saw a month ago against Judge Dallet um, where the Republican uh, dark money, I think it was WMC, paid for an ad uh, that accused her of not sentencing um, uh, someone convicted of um, horrible sexual assault against a child m- as seriously as maybe the public should want her to, but in the process outed the family involved um, right. by giving too much detail. It just like goes to show that there are like no deaths to which they won't go to um, try to smear uh, Democratic and, and more left-leaning and I'm elections. sure
2: the next Frederick Douglass and Rosa Parks will be really happy that we got Kevin Nicholson or Leah Vukmir in the U.S. Senate. Just let's talk about the uh, the bizarreness of what what this, what this the outcome sought is here with this kind of uh, gross racial message. Look, just to underscore why we need to
0: get out, we just It's got to stand up this cycle against all of this, this, this crap. Let's be, let's be honest. It's just awful. Um, before we go, um, I do want to uh, let our listeners know about an event we are doing with, uh, WEAC, uh, region seven AFT, local Two Twelve, schools and communities United and the Earl Ingram show. Uh, and that is called educators amplified. We're going to be, um, It's going to be an opportunity to see all the gubernatorial candidates on the Democratic side talking about education issues. And it's going to go from noon to 3 on Saturday, May 12th, at the Miramar Theater here in Milwaukee. Just want to make sure folks are aware of it and uh, put it on your calendar. There'll be a taco truck out front. It's all free. Drinks, you know, should be a fun afternoon. Um, Hearing more about where our next governor will stand on core education issues. But with that, we got to wrap up the podcast. We want to thank Joel Lewis, our organizer in North Central Wisconsin, for joining us. And as always, we want to thank Brian Wildred, the producer who makes the show happen every week. And again, you're listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. We'll see you next week.